Single Simulcast is about a lot of things. This podcast may make you laugh, cry, or pound your fists into your desk. If you hear something you like or something you don't, leave a voicemail at 916-572-9016 or email us at singlesimulcast at gmail.com. One. Single. Simulcast. Here's my perspective on leg drop Johnson not getting picked for that group. <laughs> um, so me and Miguel never really got along much. Like good singer, <laughs> like the song Adore works for me. Um, but like, it was just funny to me to see these folks uh, say you're doing too much when uh-huh. that's literally the same stuff he's doing right now. <laughs> like he didn't take constructive criticism <laughs> at all. Right, but see, no, but see, that's but see, this is the thing though. For me, like what I saw were people like saying, "Oh my God, those people are haters," and this and that, and look where Miguel is, and look where they are, which is totally like valid, you know, as far as like just looking at the perspective and everything. But what I saw was a solo artist trying to be in a group. It was just like, why would you want this person who's all loud and drawing attention on himself for, to himself? be in your group he's not a good fit it just didn't make any like on the one hand if having miguel in their group could have made them better maybe but not necessarily because he's a solo artist he's he's prospering by himself singing the way he wants to not being beholden to anybody and so i really didn't they might have been hating on him, at least as far as skill is concerned. But at the same time, I didn't think that he it, he didn't fit in the group. So why would you want somebody in your group who's going to overshadow everybody? You need somebody who might be able to play the background when they need to. And he was not singing like somebody that was going to be in the background. He was singing like he was singing like he was going to tell somebody, ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. I love you. I was just thinking that same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like he was like they knew. It is just like the like sometimes like, you know, what it made me think of is just like sometimes what's for you is for you. And nobody can take that away or stop that from coming. And obviously maybe singing wasn't necessarily for them but that didn't have anything to do with them not having Miguel on in their in their group they could have you know kept Miguel in the group and the group could have just expo- you know imploded because he just didn't fit. and then Miguel don't even get to be Miguel Miguel is just some dude you know who used to be in a group and maybe it takes him longer to figure out okay I need to be by myself like if anything this is about uh luck well luck but also like like imagine if he had kept trying to be in groups and kept trying to be in groups and kept trying to be in groups instead of just saying like well fuck it i'm gonna just do it by myself you know this is about making right decisions for yourself and not just oh it was haters oh look where they could have been look where miguel's uh career is at you know it's just like i don't know sometimes their shit might not have been meant to be and Miguel's might not have been meant to be if he didn't make the right decision to get, you know, on the right path to be a solo artist. He could have just been, you know, trotting around trying to be, you know, somebody's number two, second, trying to be off trash band or something. I don't know. Yeah, I was I was going to say, um, Leg Drop Malone would have joined uh, the luminaries of people who also weren't meant to be in a group. 
like Ralph Tresvant. Ralph and Bobby. Nobody in New Edition. Well, no. Let's be honest. Ralph and Bobby weren't meant to be in New Edition. Like, maybe for one album. But I think Bobby had the right idea by going solo. It isn't his fault. Well, it is his fault. But that his <laughs> career... Let's let's be honest. His career, his solo career, largely largely went butt. Um, and Ralph wasn't meant to be a solo artist, which we are a uh, 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 in a group, which we found out when in the show when he made sure that people knew that he was offered a contract, but just decided not to go because of the good of the group. Um, but you're right. It, it it's it's a lot of just. If they had left, then what would have happened? Or if they had stayed, then what would have happened? Because I feel like their careers were awful, especially Ralph. Um, I feel like Rated R is an affront to society. Um, and I feel like whatever his second album is called uh, shouldn't even have came out. It should have just been called Aberration. Um, and And so who knows like certain people aren't meant to you know who else isn't meant to be in a group that nigga from color me bad <laughs> brian <laughs> brian was not meant to be in a group that big, big bodyguard looking motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> he don't even look like a bodyguard he look like a security guard <laughs> <laughs> he looked like whoa boy he boy he looked like somebody throw you off the stage exactly across, across the stage <laughs> But he was not meant to be in a in, in a in a group either. So there are certain people who you're absolutely right just aren't built for because of either the mindset or just the way that they work. Question: mm-hmm. Did Beyonce belong in the group? Ooh, did she? I'm gonna say yes. I think she can do. I think. She- I don't know if it's about belonging. It's just that did she have the ability to be in a group? Yes. Because I don't know how much of them pushing her forward is is them versus us as an audience sometimes gravitating, especially a black audience, gravitating toward the the light-skinned pretty girl. Mm. That happened a lot. In the '90s and early 2000s, um, and 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 <sighs> the big argument back then that I heard about a lot was who's cutest in TLC. Me, I, I was always T Boz, but um, other folks were like Chili, and uh, some folks were like Left Eye, and I was like, they're all cute, but T Boz is really cute. And then everybody was like, you crazy because she got that deep voice. It was mm-hmm. a whole thing. Uh, for mm-hmm. Superman, but it just seemed like for Destiny's Child, Kelly got pushed to the side, and then Michelle got pushed to the side, and it was interesting to see the dynamics of what people thought as far as beauty ideals. And then with SWV, the same thing. Um, I don't even remember the other uh, singers' names other than Coco. Uh, oh, it was it was Taj and Lily, I think. Taj and Lily got X'd out and pushed it aside, and Coco got pulled forward. So, is it really 
maybe not so much well it is uh colorism but also who's at the forefront like who's on your mind who they're always got the camera on i don't know yeah, yeah i don't know so, either quick question mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was it that was all i didn't know if y'all could hear me or not because <laughs> i'm looking at my, <laughs> oh, no, i'm looking at my skype and i just see i just see the two of y'all in there but maybe no, i can't see me? And we're like yeah good point oh oh i completely i don't know i thought y'all was just talking no, you said so, that. And we was like, you said that. And then you didn't, yeah. I didn't remember. I do know that, that you're crazy, though, because Chili was obviously the cutest person in TLC. See? <laughs> <laughs> but you also got to look at it like this. Chili was the one who they always had, like, even no matter what they were doing, no matter what they were singing, Chili was the one that they had dressed up the most sultry, the most R&B-ish. Uh, left eye was dressed up like an eclectic 90s backpacker and t-boss was dressed up like a gangster see i, I mean but that was kind of same outfit well I'm, uh, no well, I... they were they had different personalities like left eye was kind of like the little sister kind of like scrappy but you could tell like she really wasn't going to do nothing until you realize, oh, wait a minute, she was the craziest one. She's burning down houses and stuff. Burning like, down the house. Okay, so see, I'm thinking of Ain't Too Proud to Beg. And I feel like the biggest difference between all of them is, like, when they first, first, first came out, the biggest difference is that Left Eye was in, like, the big hat. And she was, like, in that. Glasses. And had the condom glasses, but they all wore oversized shirts and mm-hmm. oversized, you know, and baggy clothes. Very so it never, so it never occurred to me that one or the that any of them were more sexy. Uh, now later waterfall. on, right? But that's what I'm saying. Now later on, I do think they got they did get kind of in certain instances. I think they were a little bit. I guess I guess Chili might have been like in more midriff stuff mm-hmm. maybe compared yeah. to left maybe compared to left eye. i feel like t-boz and and uh chili might have been in a little bit more midriff stuff but even then i guess it just seemed like i guess it never occurred to me that one was supposed to be the more sex se- was supposed to be more sexy than the other it's not sexy now if you tell me that people fucked with chili because she had long hair like long good hair you know that Mm -hmm. i could understand that makes sense to me you know especially back then because it's just like oh she got long long pretty hair motherfuckers like long pretty hair you know and the other two you know had short hair and then you got the whole thing with with t-boz having a deep voice Mm -hmm. so she was so chili was the most feminine but I guess I just wouldn't equate that with like being sexy. But I get where you're coming from. See, I mean, for, for me, it it's not about any of those things. Chili is my favorite for the same reason that Kelly was my favorite in Destiny's Child. I just prefer dark women. So I look at any one of those groups and I'm like, her and her. Y'all, the rest of y'all look all right. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's that simple for me. All the rest of that, you know, that deep psychological stuff that Shantae you just throw out there. I'm like, y'all, that might you no, no. I'm I'm way simpler than that. <laughs> but it it there was a point in time where uh 
they they even even outside of waterfalls if you if you if you think back there was a point in time where they just had um chili always at the front and she'd be the one who was dancing or the one who was wearing like not 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 so much sexier clothing just they had her in a different light than they had T-Boz and they had Left Eye. And if you think about these videos, they always had it stacked up where it was Chili, T-Boz, Left Eye in the back. Until Left Eye had to rap and then she came to the front. Mm-hmm. And T-Boz and was always in that middle area. Um, and in and, and videos where they were dressing up as sultry or seductively, like I think it was creep where they're wearing the uh the pajamas yeah t-boz was wearing pajamas that were buttoned like a cholo you know they they the top button was uh buttoned in and the rest of it was buttoned all the way down and, and then like halfway down it just opened up and hers was long enough like it was baggy and all that kind of stuff chili was wearing like this angelic blue flowing wind hit it hair flowing back and all that kind of stuff <laughs> and the light was hitting her the right way and all that people are gonna and 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 people are gonna remember that kind of stuff and and left i was just always like you said in the back like the little sister or whatever so it's just it's not i i can't really say for like total or escape or anything like that because i don't remember their videos mm-hmm but I just really feel like they chose a person in a group who they were like, we're going to focus on you. Like the camera needs somebody to focus on. It may as well be you. And so that was a person that for a lot of people, they were just like, that's, that's, that's who I find attractive. Mm -hmm. Like Gladys Knight and the Pips. Nobody found the Pips attractive. So as you as you were going through all that, I just pulled up the um the red light special video on YouTube and in that one T Boz is at least in the very beginning and she's like the focal point and then it switches over to left eye and left eye is dressed like a pimp. Like she looks like Charlie Murphy in that mm-hmm. um in that Dave Chappelle skit, the player haters ball. Like she's all mm-hmm. pimped out dressed up. And then I think Chili is just kind of like, and I'm here too. So, I mean, maybe it's just the different, they played different roles in different ones of their videos, different segments they were in. Because yeah. this one is definitely all about T-Boz up front in the center and doing all the sexy stuff. And the other girls are just kind of like playing their different roles. And at the, But the other thing about those three and the dynamics of those three was this. Like you said, Left Eye was looked at as the, well, not so much the little sister, just the goofball. And mm-hmm. it all started with that condom hat or the condom glasses and the big hat. And when they had the cartoon bubbles popping up above their heads for all that kind of stuff in that very first couple videos they did. That's where it came. That's where that idea came to. She was the youngest one, the little sister, whatever. T-Boss? Keep it real. A lot of people in the neighborhood were debating her sexuality. Due primarily to what she was wearing when she was dressed up in the pimp outfit. And her deep voice. And it's not right. And it's not fair. But that was the toxic masculinity that was there. So people kind of pushed her to the side like she's not there for us. 
let's just focus on the one with the good hair and really guys will make any sort of justification they need to because they just can't say somebody's cute which is why you will hear guys constantly uh antagonize women who aren't as who are not as skinny as guys think the standard should be guys i know that there's men out there who like women who may be bigger who may uh have curves but a lot of those guys will act like 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 diamond and mirror were saying on the last show you know they'll oh 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 no when they get around people oh no i'm not with them that's not for me no 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 but in seeker that's what they really desire and i feel like back then when it was completely unchecked guys were trying to mask what they were looking for and oh yeah i want I like her because these ones are this instead of, I just find her attractive. Like you said, Gerald, I, I just find dark skinned women attractive. That's it. That's where I'm at. That's what it, nothing else. And so I think that a lot of the groups that were out in the nineties, well in the eighties too, because vanity six, um, went through the same exact thing. Where, uh, what's her name? The, the, the frontliner was in the front. And then there was a dark skinned woman in the back and a white woman in the back. And they never came up front. Ever. Oh man, what was her name? Uh, Who, Vanity? Oh, her name was Vanity? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was her, I mean, <laughs> what, <laughs> I mean, I, like, at least as far as that example is concerned, I honestly feel like that was definitely about her being you know vanity six was about her being prince's protege and they needed two women in the back you know to be background and i'm sure i'm sure they sang too and everything and danced a little bit but she couldn't just be on stage by herself you know it's just like the mary jane girls and stuff it's like it was three of them mm-hmm. you know so but I, I just figured you know it was that was her group you know, as far as she was concerned, Prince was concerned, whatever. As far as they're all but concerned. I, ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis, Ina, <laughs> Otina. Oh, 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 never mind. Single simulcast episode three twelve. I'm 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 joined by Shante. Um we're also joined by Gerald and I'm hoping Stephanie. I'm here. Yes. Thank y'all all all for being here. Uh, Shante, how are you doing today? I'm great. Went to my child's open house, so that's over with. So, you know. Why why do they do that like two days after school starts? Like, nigga, you ain't, we ain't, what? Ain't nothing to show. (laughs) Well, this is the second week. So, but still. Devon School started at the beginning of our mid-July, like right after the 4th of July pass, his school started. Um, we are now in the second week of August, and they're having parent-teacher conferences. I'm like, what? He ain't even been there long enough to get an F. Not that he's going to get one. I'm just saying, if a kid's grade was going to drop from an A down to an F, it would take more than like two months, right? Like, you got to work hard to get, well, no. All you got to do is not turn in one assignment and boom, zip, zilch, zero. Well, yeah, but I mean, if it's been so that was almost eight weeks ago, mm-hmm. right? 
So, I mean, a lot of semesters or whatever, they they end in, like, they're in, like, nine-week blocks. So, I mean, it's time. Anyway. Or at least it would be here. It, it Like, we have, there's four different, I guess, there's four nine-week blocks. And after, you know, in two nine-week blocks, I think, make a semester. I think, I guess. I don't know. No, you know. nobody knows the science. But it's, school but it's still every nine weeks is, you know, it's go time. You know, as far as like if you done fucked up for the last nine weeks, you know, that's going to be your grade for this nine weeks. You know, better luck next time for the next quarter. Speaking of, I need to go ahead and jump in real quick. And um, a couple episodes ago, Rashani talked about how the schools out there in Northern California do trimesters. And y'all was making fun of them, talking about <laughs> that's pregnancy and all this other mess. No, I lived out there for four years, and I shall attest, they do some crazy stuff up there. They literally <laughs> trimesters. It is That's how they break the school year up. It's three trimesters. That's like 12 or 13 weeks long. It's weird. It's what they do. But y'all sitting here trying to give my man all this hell. He knew what he was talking about. Quit hating. See, 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 and that's coming straight from Walmart, Arkansas. See, (laughs) (laughs) go. Oh God. Oh, Stephanie, how are you doing? I'm okay. How's everybody doing? Good. What What'd you do for your birthday? Um, I went. Went shopping, so I need to get new clothes. So that was what my um, mother and I did. Well, my mother, my brother, and my nephew. So we went shopping, and it was weird to go shopping and just shop and not worry about a bill. I've never That's had dope. that happen before. Right. Me neither. Did 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 music start playing in the background? Like like were you just like dancing through and there was montages and you were getting changed and then you walk out the changing room and your mom would shake her head and then you walk back in and you come back out and like something bright yellow and she shake her head again and then you walk back in and you come back out with something perfect and your mom would nod and give you a thumbs up. Well, it would have been like that if Stephanie had like tried on any clothes, but I hate trying on clothes. And so I tried them on today, and I was like, "Oh, they all fit. I'm good." Well, good, because I don't like trying on clothes either. It's just like this is some bullshit. I don't want to. You got to pull stuff up. You got to pull right. it down. You got to pull it back up. You got to pull it down. The shit don't fit. Pull it back down. Go try to find a different size. It's just some bullshit. Nope. Nope. Nobody. Nope. Nobody. Nope. See, I I just know what sizes I wear. And I know what colors I like. And so I go into the Goodwill and I get the clothes that I like and the colors that I like. And then I walk out and then I go home. Maybe 25 minutes tops. Mm-hmm. Going with my <laughs> wife, however, 25 minutes tops in Goodwill. And then she has to go somewhere else to look to see if there might have been a better deal. And I'm like, nigga, we just left the Goodwill. There's literally no better deals than the Goodwill. And then she was like, no, because they're doing a sale over here. So we go over there. And then I start shopping again because opportunity. And so we're in there for like 45 minutes. And then there's like three other stores. And there's Burlington's. And then I got to get the suits that the good pimps get. 
Um, so I got to get me like a five piece suit and yeah, it turns to a whole day when I'm with somebody else. When I'm by myself, it's real quick. So how did it work when you were with your mom and your uh, family? Like, was it quick or was it like a whole day out of it? Did y'all go get something to eat too and stuff like that? So, I mean, it was kind of quick. I mean, it was a couple of hours. Well, maybe like three hours. So I still, even though I um, didn't try anything on, it was still me standing in line. So, um, it was a little bit, well, it was actually quicker than like having to go to different stores. Cause I think I only went to two stores. One of them happened to be Burlington because Burlington is everything. It really is. Burlington just reaches down in black folks hearts and just pulls something out. Like everybody can find something in Burlington. They got them Steve Harvey suits in Burlington. That's what I said. Uh-huh. The pimp outfits. Mm-hmm. Ghetto. Seven piece suit. Ooh, <laughs> Jesus. Pocket watch included. Exactly. No, no. Pocket square, pocket watch, boostier. For three extra bucks, you get a bustle. I just like I've never seen bucks. somebody wear a cummerbund and a vest. <laughs> <laughs> somebody walk out of uh, Burlington wearing a suit with suspenders and a belt. Lord. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh. And, uh, playing Luther Vandross is never too much. <laughs> okay. Did he have one on cummerbund and suspenders? And a belt. And a belt. <laughs> <laughs> so hold up. So let's let's put this together. How do you make a seven piece suit? You got you got pants. Oh you got the jacket. Oh you got. Cumberbund, mm-hmm. you have uh, the vest. That's, so that's four pieces right there. Mm-hmm. You have um, the matching belt mm-hmm. with attached suspenders. That's mm-hmm. five, six. Mm-hmm. And then actually, so you also need the pocket square and the tie and the socks. And the shirt. So really, it's, and the shirt. It's because 11 at Burlington, in, at Burlington, they sell the uh, shirt tie combo packs. Mm. Oh, and don't forget the hat with the feather. Negro, this is an 11 piece suit. 11 piece suit. The... This is a single simulcast first. <laughs> the 11 Why? piece suit with five buttons. That just sounds so hot. Buy it's one, get one, so 75% hot. off. No. 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 At Burlington. Oh, and like sweaty. Oh. <laughs> Thought you were trying to make me feel good about myself. Like, thank you, because I wore one of those. Wow. When I was, uh, um, let me see, Gogo was two, so that means that I was 23. And, uh, I wore a, I, I was just infatuated at that point in time with Zoot Suits. Mm. It was 2004, 2005, oh. Zoot Suit Riot was playing and all that good oh, stuff. Oh, and I wanted a zoot suit. So that was, there's a shop out here in Sacramento that actually sells zoot suits. And I went in there and I got the zoot suit and the shoes and the suspenders and the white shirt and, and the coat and the pants and the shoes and the hat with the feather. And I died. So were you walking um, like Malcolm X? Were you walking like... Yes, I was. With that <laughs> like, dip and that, that arm. Swinging your arm. Yep. Oh, my God. 
And I was talking to everybody. I called everybody cat daddy that day. Wow. I wow. I grabbed myself a lot because I couldn't decide if I wanted to be Michael Jackson or if I wanted to be smooth. And I just saw a picture of myself yesterday that uh, my daughter pulled out of a out of the file cabinet and I didn't look like either. <laughs> I just looked like a really confused young man wearing a zoot suit. Mm. Trying zoot to look onerous. Suit. <laughs> zoot suit. Yep, zoot suit right. Oh boy. Oh boy, indeed. Oh boy, oh boy. So, um, my daughter was telling me a couple days ago about how she um goes into restaurants and asks for a water cup and then comes out with Sprite flavored water. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her that she shouldn't do that, and she was like, I know you've done it, and I was like, I used to. I guess when I was your age. And once I get to that point and I say when I was your age, she's like she just looks at me like, just shut up, Dad. <laughs> so I really need to stop saying that. Um, but now I have a reason to tell her not to do that anymore because a Montana man, capital of Montana is Joe. (laughs) (laughs) A Montana man who was accused of filling his water cup with soda at a fast food restaurant has been arrested and charged with multiple misdemeanors and a felony. Missoula Police Public Information Officer Travis Welsh said police were called to the scene on Thursday around 2.30 p.m. after Daniel Stein started a fight with a restaurant employee. The 48-year-old, which is old enough to know better but young enough to not care, had allegedly (laughs) tried to fill a water cup up with soda at a restaurant and was confronted by an employee who told him he would have to pay for the soft drink. When confronted by the employee who informed him he had to pay for the cup of soda, he refused and left out of one of the entrances. The employee followed him and told him that he was not welcome back, and then he turned and came back towards the employee and tried to kick that person before walking away again. (laughs) Stein had fled the restaurant when police arrived, but you know what? No, wait. So he had gotten out, right? He was safe. He had gotten out, and for some reason, a restaurant employee, which this only happens in places that aren't, like, with, like, crowded or have, like, any people in the city. He was followed out and said, you can never come back here again, and that's when he decided to counterattack and turned with his cup. This takes talent, by the way. If it's a water cup, and I know he filled it up to the top, to turn around and try and kick that motherfucker. (laughs) Oh my goodness! Without spilling any of your soda, it's fucking impossible. I know you just said I just you just said that without opening your teeth, right? You you know I did. Your teeth was completely clenched during that. You have to say it like that. I'm a shut up, motherfucker. So he tried to kick that motherfucker, and um, then he walked away. Then he fled, and I feel like this is like not at the level of. But adjacent, this is like ladies walking with high heels on. He can't do this that easily, so his escape isn't as as smooth as he might have wanted it to be because he doesn't want to spill his soda. So he fled the restaurant when police arrived, but officers spotted him entering another restaurant nearby because it took him a long-ass time to get from point A to point B without spilling any of his shit. I don't know why he didn't just drink it. Yeah, I just want to know, like, I, I am curious as to what kind of soda he put in his 
in his cup. Sprite, nigga. No, but then it's just like, how could, but then it's just like, I just feel like he did something more uh, you, you feel obvious. like he did orange? He was more obvious <laughs> with it. He had the clear plastic cup and he put orange soda in it. Yeah, like how dare they even react to Because it's just one of those things where, it, unless this person was like really, really clocking him, you know, because it's just like how often are these people just like watching you like that? In Montana? Word? Wait, was this person black? In Montana? No, what? I think they were white. Oh, in okay. Montana. I was about to say, I'm like, if he was black, then they definitely would be watching. But black Right, but that's what it's, it's, I figure it's just, it was a white dude. It's just like, why are you even, oh, can I have a water cup? Okay, sure, sir. And then you was just go on about really your Really tan? <laughs> he was Montana white. So, okay. Like, completely Montana. He, 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 was, he was really, really, really no chin white guy. Like I find the dude, word this Nazi dude wasn't white stealthy. Guy. This dude wasn't stealthy. He probably has done this like several times, and they probably and this dude, this employee, finally got fed up. Where That's what I'm thinking to too. I, because it's Montana. Like honestly, how many people go into the fast food restaurant in Montana? All four people that live in the town. So Aww. they know they know him. <laughs> they know him, and every single day he come in there with his water cup. And get some sprite, and eventually they was just like, you know what, not today. And Peggy, not today. he Peggy, he bad. While he was doing it, he probably what? At this juncture, he was probably winking at them as he was doing it, like they knew. He knew. He probably walked in with his own cup. Nope, he <laughs> went. He, he went up front and got that cup. <laughs> you know what I do? Yeah, can I have a water cup? Wink, wink. You know what I do sometimes at the movie theater? I walk out the movie theater to get my cup that I have out in the car. And I walk back in and I get a refill. Because why pay $28 for a drink? Exactly. And they see me and it's a a theater. They have plastic cups out here for the theaters. Like the Uh big plastic reusable cups with the lid and all that. So I just walk outside and get my cup. And then I walk into the bathroom and I rinse it out so then it looks wet. And then I say, I, I already took the lid off and it got torn. Can I get a refill? And they're always like, sure. Like, they didn't just see me walk in. Oh, okay. At some okay. point, somebody's going to be like, we're tired of this shit. Because his cup probably said Budweiser on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're using the same size cup as before, they always pay more for the actual cups than they do for anything else. But them water cups, they're not the same size. Exactly. I'm just saying. First of all, like I said before, that nigga should have drank it immediately and then filled yeah. it back up and do the 7 Eleven move, motherfucker. You fill the cup up halfway with Slurpee. You See, drink the Slurpee down. <laughs> See, my thing is, it's like somebody comes up to you saying, like, you didn't get, you know, you got soda. I saw you. Like, unless you had, like, if you have Sprite, you could just be like, this is water and just walk off. Even if, you, you know, you can lie. Well, like, I think he had, like, actual, like, Dr. Pepper in that shit. And so he couldn't lie. And that's why he, and that's why, they, you know, he didn't have a leg to stand on. All he could do was just kick his cup. You drink it down. You fill that okay. fucker up halfway and you drink it down. And then when they're like, hey, that's not water, that's soda. You're like, I don't give a fuck. I'm full. And you leave. 
that's what I used to do at Seven Eleven at least. Walk in there, be like, hmm, what flavor Slurpee do I want today? I don't know. Huh? Let me. Oh, this looks new. This looks promising. Take the big gulp cup, fill it up halfway with the watermelon. Oh, sour, parched, chapped lips. That's real sour. That I, I think that might be too sour. Let me try this blue raspberry. Fill that motherfucker halfway up. Drink it down. That's nice. Kind of airy, but not like an icy. Do y'all know about ices? Anyways, let me try this frozen lemonade. Fill that motherfucker halfway up. And then act like your phone's on vibrate. Answer a call that you didn't actually get. Say it's an emergency. And leave. Wow. This is sounds like the ocean Ocean's Eleven of stealing soda. <laughs> it was instant as shit. With so it's a it's a lot going on. I I couldn't keep up. I feel like he he probably though uh, honestly he was going to the wrong spot because they they got one soda machine in the fast food place. He needed to go to the gas station because they don't care. I got I have we got a bunch of different gas stations here in Omaha, but. Um, Bucky's has the best ices. They got like 15 different flavors of ices, right? Mm-hmm. And I got two of them on the way to my house from work. And so I regularly will stop at the one that's about halfway from my house and I will get a icy. And then I will drive and drink that icy until I get to the one that's next to my house. And then I walk in and it's very simple. I just say, hey guys, how much for me to fill this thing back up? And you know what they say? Don't worry about it. Go ahead and fill it back up. Mm-hmm. And I get me another IC, and then I go on to the house. There's no theft involved. There's no getting chased. There's no having to kick an employee. You just go to a place where they don't care. They literally sell 50,000 sodas a day, and they know it ain't worth it. You get trained working inside a gas station. Guess what? I don't care enough about this stuff to get yourself hurt over it. If somebody wants to take it, let them take it. But, Who cares? But in the yeah. city of Joe... Joe, Joe Montana. It doesn't work. Not Joe Montana. You're saying, Shante? Oh, but that's another thing about this employee and everything. Like, who, like, who made you top flight security of the soda machine? (laughs) Of the world, my dude. Like, why? You could have let that go. (laughs) You could have let that go. Like, that's not going to get put back on your check. Like, you could like relax. Let it go. <laughs> I guarantee you in that employee's head was the music. You're the best around. <laughs> no one's ever going to bring you down. Excuse me, sir. Where are you going with that cup? I saw you. You have Coca-Cola in that cup, sir. I need you to pour it out. <laughs> like, fuck out of here, Daniel LaRusso. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> are you getting into the crane position? Are you... <laughs> Are you craning me? <laughs> Fuck you, motherfucker. And then he tried to kick his other leg, and then he fled. And then the cops uh, saw him entering another... Y'all thought the story was over. Nope. The cops saw him entering another restaurant nearby and followed him into the bathroom where he tried to hide. Look, we don't know if it was a Burger King bathroom. Keep that joke to yourselves. Um, oh, man. He's an amateur then. He should have been in the Burger King bathroom. He <laughs> Hey, if he did, they got busy. According to police officers, once authorities found Stein in the bathroom, he began to to resist arrest again with over a cup of soda. 
Like, he should have faked like he was sick or something. Like, you know, he should have instantly been like, oh, oh, oh. Like, he, like something was wrong with him to he make them just, like. He should have just drank the motherfucking soda. If you had drank the goddamn soda when the cops came, you could have been like, I don't know what they're talking about, officer. This is my Budweiser cup. <laughs> but instead, he began to resist arrest and officers who don't see many, many black people in Joe took advantage and tased the fucker with a stun gun. Oh, man. Don't tase me, bro. Don't tase <laughs> That guy was the best because he kept screaming it. Injustice, don't tase me, bro. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I was young enough at that time to laugh my motherfucking ass off. Don't tase me, bro. <laughs> Ooh, I'm a jerk. <clears throat> Quote, the officers were able to make entry into the bathroom. However, when they did and confronted the man, rather than comply with their instructions and pour the fucking soda out in the first place, he approached them. See, this is how you know there's no black folks in Joe. He approached them in what appeared to be an aggressive manner. <laughs> the officers attempted to take, to take control of him physically, and that's when he began to resist and fight with the officers and had to be tased to comply with the officer's instructions. Man, there must be, like, nothing popping in this town. Because, like, on the one hand, you know, you got the employee who popped off at the wrong time. You got a dude stealing soda insufficiently. And then, <laughs> and then you have police officers willing to arrest someone over some soda, over a plastic cup, over a plastic water cup full of soda. Like, this is a mess. You want to know why? Because they have nothing left to do, Sal. <laughs> <laughs> like, Watch like how much evil, which you call crime. Shut up, Ray. I know where that's from. <laughs> I know where that's from. I hate that. There's nothing left to do, Sal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. All of this could have been avoided. Just stand. Here's how you do it. Look, look, look. Single simulcast loves the people. I will tell you exactly how to do this shit. I'll tell you how oh. to do this, young. No, no, no. We don't need another um, Ocean's 13. It's um, not. It's Crime not this is literally like Ocean's Easy. This is like the easy button. Here's what you do. You stand in front of the fucking machine. You fill your cup up to the top. You chug the shit out of that soda. <laughs> you leave. That's all that has to happen. If you got the balls, you fill it up again. Because by that second time, they realize you're not really getting water. You fill it up again. And you start speed walking to the door. While you're drinking the soda, by the time they get to you, there's nothing left but drips. You give them the cup, you say, I'm not thirsty anyway, and you leave. So just know that Derek is telling y'all to do some nigga shit. (laughs) That is straight up nigga shit. I wasn't thirsty anyway, motherfucker. (laughs) And then throw it, and then, you know, just toss the cup. cup. Take this cup, then, nigga. Exactly. Yeah. I wasn't thirsty anymore, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. baggy ass bitch. Follow me around with this shit ass bitch. Here, take this fucking cup. Crumple, crumple, crumple. Throw the cup in their face. Fuck you. Fuck McDonald's. 
fuck the soda. I ain't thirsty, no way, motherfucker. And then you leave. You go to Burger King. You fill up another cup. I don't know, man. Please just, just please just dig for change in your no. in your couch. Please, listen, this is this is Shantae talking saying, please just dig for change in your couch and just go <laughs> get your ninety nine. Go get your seventy nine cent big gold. No, no, this is Shantae talking. This, 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 this is the devil on your shoulder. No, what you do is you go to Burger King where they got the freestyle uh-huh. machine. You try and drink like seventeen different flavors before the cops catch you. Okay, <laughs> it's important. Please, George, not, nigga. <laughs> no, I was like, please do not go to jail behind high fructose corn syrup. It's hey, not worth it. Hey, nigga, what you in here for? Murder? What you in here for? Arson? What you in here for? Robbery? What you in here for? Well, see, it was like ninety-seven degrees outside, right? And I was so hot. <laughs> no. Did you at least like, go to the freestyle machine? Man, I tried. I stood in front of it, and there had so many selections. Um. I'm just saying, though, this is the kind of thing that happens in Joe. Be aware. Also, things that happen um, that you should be aware of is that Lauren Hill's a piece of shit. No. No. Mm. (laughs) Uh Nope. My chakras are out of line. I can't talk about this. Lauren Hill is a horrible person. Who fucking knew? What? Raise your hand if you knew that putting out one album like 15, 17, 25 years ago. <laughs> My hand is up. That's crazy. I see the shadow. Um, um, wait a minute. This the same person who leave niggas standing in rain waiting for her ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why any of y'all are surprised by any of this. I'm like, uh, oh, better yet. She'll leave y'all standing there and then still not show up. <laughs> Drive now, past y'all like joyful, joyful. I'm in a vehicle. Oh y'all are freezing. God. I oh. am warm. That's Bet mess. y'all wish that you were all rolling. I'm not gonna get you out this storm. I'm not stopping because I am hungry and Chick-fil-A is on its way. On its way. Like, she really had motherfuckers out in the rain? Over and over again. Yeah. I mean, because I know she's, I mean, because the whole, I mean, I know the running joke is that she's always late and shit. I totally understand that, but still, just like, you know, with inclement weather and stuff, like, for real? Yeah. Always like, been inclement weather, sunny weather, bitch don't show up. Yeah, No. Like, Out here, all kinds of amphitheaters. She don't show up. So I'm like, yep, y'all better um, listen to the miseducation at home. First of all, you'll actually hear the songs if you stay at home. And two, you don't have to stand outside waiting for her. Well, Robert, yeah. Glass- Robert Glasper was nice enough to, you know, just expose all the game. <laughs> uh, on the Mad Hatter morning show on 97.9, the host asked if there were artists who were known for their rude and reckless behavior. And, uh, Robert was like, I'll say a name. You ready? You ready? Lauren Hill. And the host was like, why you do Lauren Hill like that? And Robert was ready. He said, no. Why she do me like that? Mm-hmm. I did a show with Lauren. This is in 2008, I guess. She's getting half a million dollars for this show. It's a 20-minute show. My friend was a musical director. He said, Rob, we're doing a show in L.A. You want to do this show? Mind you, two years prior, she had been calling trying to get me to come to her house to audition. I'm already assigned artist. 
I'm traveling the world doing my own thing. I don't do auditions. So I was like, sorry, I don't do auditions. If you want me, you can listen to my album. And she was calling, talking about, can you just play for me over the phone? No, I'm not doing that. I'm like, no, but I do have albums out. Number one jazz albums on the track, on the charts. If you like, you can check those out. But I'm not auditioning. I'm not. So then my boy was like, yo, Lauren got a show in New York. Do you want to play? So I said, what's the deal? And he was like, well, we're rehearsed for one week for a 20-minute show. So we rehearsed for a whole week, like 10 hours a day. Every day she comes in and changes the show, changes what she wants to do completely. The last rehearsal, she doesn't even show up. Her manager comes in and says, Lauren's not really feeling the way you guys have been learning the music, so we're going to cut your pay in half. The last rehearsal, the day before the show. First of all, we weren't getting paid that much anyway, but understand she's getting half a million dollars. So seriously, you're going to take these five musicians and cut their pay in half. And then the host said, do you feel like you were messing up, though? And Robert said, nah, man, we were a super band. She has this thing of, you know, she likes to fire bands. I can name you. I can rattle off 15 guys at the top of my head. She'll go on tour with the band, and in the city that they're doing the show, she'll hold auditions for her band. One of my boys flew to Japan to do shows in Japan. While she's in Japan, she's holding auditions in the hotel, in the ballroom for her band. That's super gangster. And nothing's wrong. The bands are good. She gets the best musicians. She, she just has a thing. Anyways, the last rehearsal, they go around to everybody. Basically, like, if you're not cool, you can leave. I didn't need that gig. I'm making money on my own. I had my own career at that time. I was sitting there eating a beef patty. I'll never forget it. And I said, when I finish my beef patty, I'm going home. So y'all can do whatever y'all need to do. But look, I'm the principal piano player. I know they need me. The gig's tomorrow. So I'm like, I'm going home. I walk out. The manager runs. First of all, before she even came in, the music director, my friend, said, just so you know, don't look Lauren in the eye, and you have to call her Mrs. Hill. Oh, so those rumors are true. Yeah. Uh, huh? I'm, ugh, sorry. <laughs> One album, ladies and gentlemen. Don't look her in the eye. What the fuck? And you gotta call her Mrs. Hill. So, on the dead rehearsal, she says to me, Robert, I need you to. And I said, okay, Lauren. Respect, I respect. You don't come into a situation, especially when you've already stolen all of my friend's music. (laughs) Miss Education was made by great musicians and producers that I know personally. So you got a big hand off of music that you didn't even write. You feel me, though? The host said, Robert, you know she's going to hear this. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm ready. I don't care because nothing I'm saying is a lie. Point to me where the lie is, and then we can have a conversation. But if she looks at it, it's 100% true. That's why they got their money. The host was like, 
That's why she rearranges the style of the music on all the shows, right? On the tour, right? And Robert was like, yes, all kind of stuff. I went into it like, okay, I know you steal music. The host said, who steals music? And he said, Lauren Hill. Duh. I've met Stevie Wonder and hung out with Stevie Wonder. I've met Quincy and hung out with Quincy Jones. I've met Herbie Hancock and hung out with Herbie Hancock. If those three people can be cool, Lauren Hill should be able to be cool. You ain't done enough to be the way you are. The one thing that you did that was great, you didn't do. She took the credit for making the classic album. Those songs were written by other people, and they did not get their credit. She likes to take credit so she can become this super person. But if you're a super person and you're that talented, and the host said, do it again. And Robert said, do it. You feel me? She couldn't even tune her own guitar in rehearsal. (laughs) We were in rehearsal, and she had my boy Benji tune her guitar. She would come into rehearsal and say, Benji, guitar, and just hold it out like this. And he would run and tune her guitar. (gasps) So anyway, I leave rehearsal. I'm eating my beef patty. (laughs) They run after me to the middle of the street. And they say, what can we do? I said, before 4 o'clock, you can wire all of my money into my account because now I don't trust y'all. If you want me to do this gig, you need to wire my money into my account within 30 minutes. That's what you can do. They wired the money into my account, and then I went home. I didn't do the other rehearsal because they had already disrespected me. But I came back for the show the next day. And the host said, how'd the show go? And he was like, it was great. It was only 20 minutes. She did a 20-minute show and charged them half a million dollars, y'all. <sighs> nope. 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 Uh-uh. Nope. I don't know. You fuck with Lauren Hill, you played yourself. Nope. <sighs> I think she like, comes in an hour late because her album was only 30 minutes long. I feel like the miseducation was longer than that. Oh no, I didn't listen to that shit. What? Oh. I mean, I did way back. <laughs> like, I mean, gosh, I didn't. I, I didn't know it was like. I, I know it's like magical for a lot of people, but come on, y'all, it was a debut album. Seriously, niggas is still saying that Lauren Hill is one of the best female rap or one of the best lady rappers of all time based on that one album. Well, are they really? Wait, but are they really? Well, wait a minute. Are they really basing it off of the miseducation, Lauren of Lauren Hill, or are they basing it on the fact that she rapped on the Fugees? Because I felt like she didn't really rap a whole bunch on the miseducation of Lauren Hill, but motherfuckers Mm -hmm. thought that she had flow when she was, you know, a Fuji when she was in the Fugees. All I ever heard her do was sing. Well, she did rap on Fuji La. Is that what it was called? I didn't like the Fugees either. Okay, well, see, that's it. But see, but see, that's the whole thing. They had a whole other album before the score, and she and it was like it was she could rap, and motherfuckers knew she could rap. And I think, and it was just like once, obviously, once uh, the score hit, it was like, oh my god, it's a you know, it's a huge deal. Like I think, and I guess that's what the like, uh, I guess, like one, 
I like Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, but at the same time, I'm not going to say, like, oh my god, Miseducation of Lauryn Hill is the best album of all time, blah, 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 blah. It's not like that. I'm not a fucking stan. But at the same time, though, <laughs> at the same time, though, like, the idea that she made this one album and the score, and that's it, as if she didn't have other stuff going on prior to that, or at least as far as like she what it wasn't like the score was the only album the Fuji's ever made, and it wasn't like motherfuckers didn't fuck with her as far as rapping her skill is concerned and everything. It's just I don't know, disingenuous, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. I don't know. I don't know. It's just like she still had she had a she can rap, Lauren Hill can rap, regardless. I always thought that she could, but maybe, maybe she's been list. You know, maybe Wyclef wrote all her rhymes, and then that's really the end of it. And I don't have much else. You know, I don't have a leg to stand on. I don't know. I feel like maybe if you look at how Lauren's career, and I'm gonna call this this three event, um, this three event kind of period as her career, and then everything after that has been her milking her career. Um, but if you look at the way that Lauren's career was made, like there's at least for me, there's only one way to look at it. And that is it. She becomes like this iconic person because first you have sister act two and she just killed that role. Yes. I mean, just completely killed that role. Right. And then you roll into the score and then you roll into the miseducation of Lauren Hill. That's three dope projects that she does back to back to back that are timeless tell me who sees sister act two come on and doesn't stop whatever they doing and watch that whole god dog movie every single time right and then she just doesn't do anything else to me that's like if she if she would just show up to her um events on time over the last 20 years since then she's she's got money just flowing out of where because you all you get all she needs is those three things there's no she didn't need to do anything else to that it's the it's the attitude and all the craziness that this man is talking about that's kind of made this rain cloud over her because I don't need anything else from Lauren Hill. I just needed those three. In fact, I didn't need the score and I didn't need miseducation. Honestly, I put Lauren Hill and Stacey Dash in the exact same category. I'm living off a of sister act to Lauren Hill and I'm living off of, uh, you know, uh, what's that money? Clueless. Damon. No, no, no. No, no, no. Mo Money. Mo Money, Money Stacey Dash. Those two people live in that role in my entire life, and I just ignore everything else they've done since then, and they're still perfect queens. <laughs> so, two of the most troubled women as far as one with musical performances and the other just being like batshit crazy, and you're you're like something you did back in the 90s sustains me. I don't. I don't remember anything that they've done recently. <laughs> like, like Gerald is wild, but at the same, but I feel like there's people. But this is the thing. This is why she all. I think what Gerald is talking about probably speaks to why people keep coming to her concerts. That they are, you know, they are sustained by whatever they have. You know, whatever that thing is, whatever it is, whether it's Sister Act, whether it's like early Fuji's, whether it's Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, they are sustained by that and they want to go see it. They want to go relive it. It's just that she's not showing up for herself and showing up for them. And now she has this reputation. 
Can I just say that if it was not for Lauren Hill, we would not have the read. Because Crystal and Kid Fury met at a Lauren Hill concert. Well, that's because they had a hell of a lot of stuff to talk about because she wasn't there to sing. Okay? And so if she had actually came on time, we wouldn't have the read. I stick by that. I mean, but if my dad hadn't came on time, I wouldn't be here either. So. <laughs> hey, goodbye. Wow. Yes, that's wow. right. But I'm the bad one. <laughs> I'm the bad one. Oh, okay. All right. We'll be right back. This single simulcast. This is Jarman, uh, aka Shantae's brother. You listen to single simulcast. Favorite podcast is favorite podcast. I like listening to it. Hopefully, you like listening to it. Enjoy. Hey, this is Marla, owner of Velvet Lips and co-founder of the Sex Down South Conference, and you are listening to Single Simulcast. This is JV, and you're listening to Single Simulcast. I'm. I'll pause my own decisions. <laughs> You're right. You're a product of your own decisions. This is Single Simulcast. This is Rainbow, and you're listening to Single Simulcast with Shani and Shantae Fabulous. Remember, put a coaster under that. That was, that simply, was simply sensational. sensational. Single, Single Simulcast will surely surface speedily. Bitches. <laughs> Single simulcast wants your reviews. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, or wherever you listen to us. Tag Single Simulcast with the screenshot of your review on Facebook or use the hashtag SSCast on Twitter. Enjoy the rest of the show. Like makeup? Interested in mental health? Check out lithiumtolashes.com where I talk about my own everyday struggles with mental health and beat my face from time to time. This is Single Simulcast. Hi, hey everybody. This is, this is Gerald Jones from Buy Black Podcast, the voice of black business, where we interview black business owners to help you get to know them, to help them teach you a little something, and for all of us to do a little bit more to support black business owners and the black economy. You guys are listening to Single Simulcast with Shantae and Rashani, and I appreciate every minute I get to spend with these folks. I know y'all do too. Keep listening. Hello, this is Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes Podcast. If you can hear my voice, that means you're tuning in to two of my faves, Rayshani and Shantae Fabulous of the single Simulcast. Congrats, you made a really good choice today. You want to make another good choice? Check me out on the Mocha Minutes Podcast. You won't be disappointed if you're tuning in to the single Simulcast. You're going to love the Mocha Minutes Podcast too. You can find the Mocha Minutes podcast wherever you find your podcast. We'd love to have you tune in. Okay. Bye. My name is Jordan Redfield Wade. Well, well, well. If it isn't the so-called people's champion. By day, I'm a philanthropist and private investigator. You risk your own life to try and protect someone who needed it. If that's what's needed to be a hero, then I want to help. But by night, I protect the people of New York City in a different way. My name, champ, is Red Wing. Do I need to count the sheer number of felonies you committed today? 
As she lay dying, I promised my mother that I would fight for those who couldn't fight for themselves, and I refused to let her down. I would do anything to keep you safe, you know that, anything. Even murder? If that's what it took, then yes! I am the defender of Newark City. Justice is not something you can manufacture. I am Red Wing. Are you interested in supporting this black podcast? Awesome! Become a Patreon member at www.patreon.com slash single simulcast. And for $5, you'll be able to chat with the hosts during our monthly Q and Awesome session. You can also support the show via our Teespring store at teespring.com slash stores slash single dash simulcast. And get a shirt or a mug. You also have the option to put a little something in our cup at paypal.me slash single simulcast. Hey everybody, this is Wormhole Matt with the Planet Wormhole Podcast. Please follow me and my wife Rachel at Get Off My Planet. Uh, we are going to be talking about a lot of great stuff on Planet Wormhole, so please check us out. Thank you very much for having us on the show. Uh, the uh, Single Simulcast, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. It's also my favorite podcast because... I'll be honest, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but you guys have really embraced me, and I just, I love you for it. So thank you very much. Hi, this is Deshaun, a.k.a. Big Boy 1077 from Spit That Ish Podcast. It's a sports podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and um, that's about it. Uh, we've been doing it for five weeks now. It's pretty awesome. I have a co-host named Justin. We talk about everything current in sports. And um, thanks to Rashani. And this is a single simulcast. Happy day. Oh, happy <laughs> day. That wasn't even her. Oh, happy day. I know. But that's the other, that that's, little boy, but uh, Amar, whatever. She, she didn't do. No. The Joyful Joyful was dope, too. But every single time I listen to the Oh Happy Day part and then her Joyful Joyful part, that that sustains me for that entire, like, I will watch that whole movie just for those two pieces. You, you know, the song that she actually sang by herself was His Eyes on the Sparrow. He didn't, she didn't sing that by herself. And well, that also, I will listen to, I will go in YouTube just that. And I will listen to that and there will be goosebumps. I mean, let, I, I, uh, Lauren Hill. So, I, talked about Lauren Hill in that that movie and how her whole thing was I'm leaving who's coming with me and she got kicked out and then she was actually that was like episode 15 looking through the bars because she was looking through the bars of the classroom while everybody was like learning and then they started coming together because of or in spite of Lauren Hill Lauren Hill was the villain of that movie. But she was she wasn't the villain. She was troubled because her mama didn't want her to be a musician like her dad beat daddy. Her and mama didn't want her to be a musician, so she was just fucking up in class. Yeah. You know, it's a hard time when you're seventeen, man. It's you know, she you was know trying to find herself. I got a three point eight. I didn't. I was that was not me. One point five, bro. I was <laughs> I was in it. I had the whole high school experience. 
<laughs> Look, I, I, I would say that if that and whatever happened to that kid who hit that high note and then did the uh, the run like Miguel did when he got kicked out of the when he got told he shouldn't be part of a group, um, like that boy, he never showed up again. Who was he? He was he in City High. Album and then stood people up. No, he was in City High. Is it okay? Right, that's what I was thinking of. The kid with the like mm-hmm. wore the little the African hat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he was. Just, what would you do if your friend was at home crying all alone in the bedroom floor? Yeah, no, oh, that yeah. that slut shaming ass song. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Single mom shaming, shaming just women shaming. Fuck that song. <laughs> yeah, I was I was waiting for it to just click. Like I heard that song twice, and I remember the video was somebody stripping. And then she stopped to talk to Wyclef. Like, my mama did it. Why can't you did it? Nigga, shut up. Yeah, sound like, like, man, like, real, like, you know, late 90s Twitter nigga shit. Like, that's where it comes Ooh, from. Sound like Jeremy <laughs> from 2010. Oh, oh my God. Shout, shout out to the facts. Whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> Just the facts. <laughs> Hey man, I got oh. I got the facts. Wait, what? No, well, he did say that he used to be trash. He did. And he he didn't lie. It's like, oh, yeah. Jeremy has definitely Jeremy of Crown and Collards has definitely acknowledged that yeah that he has matured and that he was he was on a different path once upon a time, but has gotten on the right path now. He used to live on the Ashy Mountain. But for niggas to go out and find his old post and prove it was a whole different part of the song. I was just like, golly, is this really a friend zone post? And (laughs) I'm reading the niggas idea of the friend zone from 2010. This is great. And then I got scared. Like, wait, how are they finding this fool's post so quickly and so easily? So I asked Bianca and she was real vague about it. Which I was like, don't be vague. Really tell me so I could I could hide all my shit. <laughs> oh goodness. But see that's why that's why when those mem- when those posts pop up on your memories, you're just supposed to delete that shit. <laughs> like, like, some that's some bullshit. Oh let man, I'll leave my some- old Beyonce oh. stuff. I'm like, oop, that's right. Let me take this off. Look, I was on some bullshit in two thousand eight. Boop. <laughs> uh, Beyonce is underrated. She's overrated. Oop, let me just delete this. <laughs> The newest episode of Single Simulcast. You can't turn a reality hoe into a house. Delete. (laughs) (laughs) Delete. Hey, 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 Rashani. Why does Single Simulcast go from episode 15 all the way to episode 205? Don't worry about that. Gross. (laughs) Blame, uh, Blame Pinterest. What? Exactly. <laughs> By the time they stop thinking about it, I'm gone, nigga. I am out. Pinterest wow. Don't blame me. Blame Pinterest. Blame Pinterest. Wait, what? Yeah. That's how we do Pinterest do podcasts now? Yeah, they yeah. do. Go look. That way. Um, before I go any further, I just want to say that um, I have never been a fan of goats. <laughs> don't like either animals uh, from what I hear they make a great stew mm. but after hearing this I got respect for goats because um, dozens of goats and sheep 
brought for slaughter escaped from the New Jersey livestock auction house last Wednesday night. And the facility's manager believes another goat who had bolted to freedom more than a year prior had helped them to make their getaway. The animals escaped through an unsecured gate at about 9.30 p.m., cops said. It took about an hour for police and locals to herd about 60 of the livestock back to their pens with a rope and cracked corn before police resecured the gate with a piece of rope. Auction house manager Bowie Postma says that those were the only animals who had escaped, but Tynan said that between 10 and 20 more were still believed to be on the loose. Locals jokingly pointed the finger at another goat nicknamed Fred who escaped from the same auction market more than a year ago and sporadically popped up around the town. In fact, cops received reports that Fred was in the area a couple of hours before the escape. On Thursday afternoon after the escape, Fred showed up at the facility and headbutted the gate holding newly corralled animals multiple times in an apparent attempt to let them back out. Postman managed to shoo him away, but the sighting made him suspect that Fred was also behind Wednesday night's escape. Quote, it was him last night. I think he's the culprit. He must have banged that fence and let them out last night. I'm almost positive. He must have put a lot of force into that. Quote, people tend to rally for the escapees, Hackettstown Mayor uh, Maria Giovanni said. I kind of like when they break free, but I see both sides. It's a business. She learned that from Trump, seeing both sides. <laughs> oh. Tynan was thankful that the animals bolt for freedom didn't spark trouble on the roads. Quote, there could have been accidents. People could have crashed into them. Nigga, why do you care? You're about to slaughter them. Anyhow. We don't know the mind of a goat or a sheep or what they'll do. <laughs> that motherfucking goat is a hero, y'all. He's like, for literally real. the goat. For real. Like, definitely. Like, like all I'm thinking is, like, Korg from uh, Thor. Like, the revolution has begun. Oh my gosh. I don't believe it. You know, I usually don't believe in reincarnation, but <sighs> that goat has the spirit of Rosa Pox. <laughs> <laughs> and the goat, like, give us a free. <laughs> ain't never seen a ceiling in her whole life. <sighs> I'm just saying. I think that it's absolutely awesome that the goat came back after they all got uh, caught again and was like, why are y'all here? <laughs> Get Hold out. Up. Love yourself. Real quick. Oh, Bye. Something. <laughs> oh, the door ain't opening, y'all. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'll be back, niggas. I'll be back. Don't worry. They ain't going to kill you yet. Hey, remember that hole? The hole around the corner? Yeah, I'll be there. What I am also really, really amused by is the fact that the goats went and then the sheep just followed because they're sheep. <laughs> Don't be sheep. <laughs> you know what? No, it's not Rosa Parks. It's, it's Harriet Tubman. Exactly. She was a bad woman. <laughs> Y'all crazy. Y'all making sheep noises for goats. <laughs> 
That's because I don't have any goats or sheep around me. I am not from... What are the goat noises? What are the goat noises? They like... I'm not even... I can't do it. <laughs> I just know that it's not like... Like it's like it's a vibrating sound. Like y'all are in the in the goat wheelhouse. I just don't know. Turn our goat sounds then. It's the black goats. Yeah, it's the black goats. Okay, yeah, it's the black goats. Di- the black sheep. Different dialects. You know. Yep. Okay. You know, it's aura. Just like you know. <laughs> you said he can tell when the black people talk because of how we say aura. <laughs> My mom said aura like that. I never, under- I never understood that shit. I was like, why are why don't you just I'll be thinking like she would say aura and I'm like five and I'm just like, why don't you fucking say R? But that's what I think. I, but you know, you know you can't say anything because it's just like cause you five. And I'm just like, why? Why is it aura? I don't understand. <laughs> like it is just like, okay, I'm gonna just keep fucking saying R. I don't understand. I don't I don't understand where this whole uh is coming from. <laughs> it's it's kind of like when you have a bump, a mosquito bite. My cousins used to say, "I need to itch this bite," and I was like, mm. "What the fuck kind of backwoods shit are y'all talking about? Where do y'all get that from?" And they'd also do that throat clearing shit when they didn't even have allergies. Mm, no. Fucking. Yikes. Yeah, shit. Shit was gross. So before I go any further, I just want to say fuck you to Movie Pass. Oh. Thank you for your time, though. <laughs> uh, it was nice while you lasted. Apparently, Movie Pass is like gone ass deep. Um, but before they go, they're fucking over everybody who tried to cancel. Now, before I go any further, I just want to say I didn't I haven't canceled yet. Because I am like the um person who's in a relationship with somebody who's about to die and the person who's about to die got a ton of money I'm about to ride this motherfucker until the wheels fall off okay. so other people however tried to cancel movie pass back when they realized the movie pass was uh blocking out every fucking movie except for like one and so when they tried to cancel movie pass was like we disagree what? Like they ain't letting what? motherfuckers cancel? No, they're not letting motherfuckers cancel. Wow. Movie pass. People canceled movie pass and then got an email. People canceled movie pass at the beginning of this month or at the end of last month and then got an email from movie pass today saying uh, we've changed up our style and so we've re. Uh, you're, you're you're back in. Really? I w- so did, so was it like connected to like PayPal or something? No, it's connected to their credit cards. Okay. Because, no, I mean, cause, you know, some people can, like, do stuff with their PayPal and yeah. everything. You know, you can connect shit and everything. And you can go into your PayPal and just be like, you can't automatically debit my shit no more. Yeah. I I, I would think that that wouldn't work either because MoviePass will find a way. Um, But, yeah, as of uh, July 31st, their whole any theater, any movie, any day promise was pulled from the website. And now their stock is at five cent. Wow. So I mean, motherfuckers say that. just like bite off more than they could chew with well, thinking they, they could. Three hundred million dollars in a year. Bruh, I bet those investors got to be pissed, right? Well, that and motherfuckers was just like this isn't uh, sustainable. 
Like motherfuckers were saying it. Motherfuckers yeah. were saying it wasn't sustainable. Kind of like you know, like oh, it was awesome, and then it was just like, yeah, this isn't gonna work. But you know, they kept doing it. Movie Pass was like all you can eat cotton candy. Us kids, the the viewers were like, yeah, <laughs> and the stockholders were like, nigga, you really gonna let them eat all that cotton candy? And the owners were like, yeah, they'll be fine. You know they're not gonna just some of them are gonna some of them won't eat cotton candy every month. You know it's kind of like the gym, but the difference is people actually want to go to the movies. Niggas don't always want to go to the gym. That's where the difference is between the gym and movie pass. So we were going to the movies and using your money, and then using your money to get free popcorn and soda. So y'all were paying for everything. It was the best date night ever. Hell yeah, I'm gonna use that for a fucking year. And so now it's almost dead, and I'm like, that's sad, but the good times that made us laugh outweigh the bad. I know you gave 300 million, but um, at this point in time with Movie Pass, you can only go see Slender Man. Oh, goodness. Like if you, wow. look, at, if you look at the Movie Pass yeah. app right now, the only two things that were available as of this morning was Slender Man, and then all of the access to the Meg was just grayed out, like you couldn't even select it. And I know there's more movies in the movie theater around the corner from, from my house than Slender Man and the Meg. So I was like, "Fuck you, Movie Pass! I'm not coming back till you fix this shit." And they'll fix it pretty soon. I think they're just waiting for all these people to jump off and quit, and then they're gonna be like, "All right, y'all, we going back to the way it was." We're going to bump up the price of $39. We're going back to the way it was. And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> I'll pay 40 bucks a month because I see like on a good month when MoviePass was actually working before everybody found out about it and shit. I was seeing like eight movies a month. I pay 40 bucks for that. Yeah. Mm. Goodbye, MoviePass. We barely knew ye. Kind of like this guy uh, who walked into a donut shop and called a woman a nigger and lost his job damn near the next day. A man who used to work at Mississippi Baptist Medical Center is now out of a job after he was caught on video using a racial slur. Kyle Thomas, a radiology technician, was terminated after video of the incident was shared on social media over the weekend. In the video... Thomas can be seen arguing with an employee at Donut Palace. Why the fuck would you argue with somebody about donuts? It doesn't have enough jelly, motherfucker. Um, he then turns to the black woman filming, filming him, Keandre Wardlaw, and tells her to shut your fucking mouth. I mean, she probably wasn't even talking because she was recording. You don't want to talk over the video. That's how you miss shit. But the two traded insults for a few seconds and Thomas started to leave. But the video shows him turning around and saying, you're a nigger. You're a nigger. Shut up. Wow. It's a good combo. (laughs) Wow. I mean, I'm thinking that it was a shut up part that lost him his job. The spokesperson for the Mississippi Baptist, which sounds like, seriously, Mississippi Baptist Medical Center. I would I've never heard of a, a hospital that sounds like a church. 
Are, are you yeah. serious? Yeah. Bro, yeah. you need to come on down south and visit us. No, That's no. literally every every hospital sounds like a church. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like if it's not if I mean like we got St. Anthony's, we have I mean like Saint we have Vincent, Baptist, 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 Baptist Medical Medical. And, yeah, yes. it's like it's it's all churches down here. We we ain't all living in that um God, what's that North uh Cali one? I keep forgetting the name of it. Kaiser? Yeah, Kaiser Permanente. Y'all, like, they own everything. You go to the doctor, you go to the insurance. They, no, it's not like that in the South. It's all, all the churches run the hospitals. Probably because the churches were probably the initial hospitals anyway. That's what I would, mm-hmm. historically, the, the churches probably ran the hospitals and then church, you know. Blah, blah, blah. And then here we are, you know, yeah, with St. Anthony, Baptist Medical, whatever, Mercy Hospital. Of the Lord. Pretty much. Churchy. Churchy. Churchy medical. Churchy medical. Church's chicken. Not a thing out there. That's weird. Um, (laughs) We have a church's chicken here, too. There's all there's all kinds of stuff here in the middle of the in the middle of the country. In the middle of the world. And right here in the Bible Belt, we got all kinds of things. You know, it's not just it's not just happening in California. You can go to John's liquor store right across the street from St. John's Baptist Church. But do y'all got it like they got it in uh, Maryland where it's a drive-through liquor store? What? Oh yeah. No, we don't. Oh, no, I remember when I was when I was in high school, we used to hit the drive-through liquor store. You had to go all the way down to the hood though. Like we were usually most of my friends, we lived hood adjacent. But <laughs> You had to go all the way to the liquor store that was in the back side of the hood where they really didn't care. And like high school, no ID, no nothing. You just drive up to the drive through liquor store and tell them what you want and you got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Cause... you can only get beer here through the like from um and that's only from like the convenience store. I mean, this was the nineties though. No, this was two thousand and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is now we now it may all like we got like our liquor laws have changed and shit, so I don't know how drive through <laughs> I don't know how that's gonna work now. Drive through liquor uh, store. But maybe maybe that's coming. You know, maybe the drive through liquor store is on the way. I don't know. And they always said don't drink and drive. We were like, What the fuck? You can't tell us what to do. By the time you come out of that building, we're fucking gone, man. Watch this, and then I take a drink of my soda because really I didn't even go there to get alcohol. I just went to get like a, a Sprite or something like that. Can you fill up this water cup? And then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the spokesperson for Mississippi Baptist Medical Center of God and Christ uh, told local <laughs> news outlet whatever on Monday. We are aware of the confrontation captured on video re- involving one of our off-duty employees at a local donut shop. We take this situation very seriously. This employee's language and behavior does not represent our organization's values, and his employment has been terminated. First of all, it's Mississippi. Yes, it does. For real. <laughs> don't don't front. Um, Wardlaw told the station that she's an employee at Donut Palace and didn't want Thomas to get fired. She said that Thomas later came back to the donut shop and apologized for causing a disruption. Wait, so is that the person who was who was filming? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he came back and apologized. See, they probably they probably got they probably like that video got posted to Facebook. Somebody said, "Oh my God, that's Thomas," and you know, like 
you know, uh, added him and everything, so you could click his name, mm-hmm. and then it, he got notified that oh my god, there's my there's me on the video, you know, calling you know calling a black person a nigger, and let me go back and go try to defuse this, and mm-hmm. it was too late. Like there's there's no way there's nah you you got busted, and you thought you you thought apologizing was gonna fix it, and it didn't. I mean, he was he was trying to call her a trigger, and the autocorrect ah. just <laughs> it didn't Ooh. it didn't quite curl over. It's like when the guy got called a uh, racist for walking into the club and said, "Which one of y'all want to roll with niggers?" Wait, no, that's not how the song goes. <sighs> Which one of y'all want to roll with trigger? I'm so sorry. So wait, this is Mississippi. Y'all thought that was funny. Racism. It's great out here. Racism and orange juice. Hand in hand. Wait, that's Florida. What is Mississippi known for? Oh yeah, just racism. Skippy peanut butter. No. Really? No, that's that's Georgia. No. Yeah, no. Mississippi's just racism. Mississippi is just known for racism. That that's literally <laughs> they're, mean, they're they're okay. And the, the river. mascot for Ole Miss is the running rebels. Their whole college mascot is the Confederate losers, basically. Wow. If you okay. translated it. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's def I mean, it's definitely racism. I mean, because that's where I mean that's where Emmett Till died. Was in Mississippi. <laughs> like racism. Exactly. Houston Rockets superstar James Harden is facing accusations that he roughed up a woman at a Scottsdale nightclub. According to TMZ Sports, the woman named Harden in a police report, though he has not yet been charged with any crime at this point. Now, I want to stop right there and tell y'all that, uh, as you already know, assault, never funny. Never funny. And I'm not reading this for the humorous aspect of it. I'm reading this because this woman is a fucking genius. Um, The woman alleges that a member of Harden's entourage got into a fight, which she began recording on her cell phone. At this point, she alleged that Harden grabbed her wrist and snatched her phone before throwing it on the roof so then she couldn't sell the footage to TMZ. Mm. Now, as you just heard, this is according to TMZ Sports, so... (laughs) The woman claims that Harden threw her phone on the roof of the club. And then a member of Harden's crew came up to her and offered her $200 for the phone. She took the money. And then, she says, Harden came up to her and handed her another $300. See, this is where they messed up. The woman ended what? up going to the Ooh. hospital after retrieving her phone on the roof, which was still recording. What? To be treated for a wrist injury after the fight was broken up by nightclub security. Nobody ever said, I'm giving you this money for you to not turn that in. It was just implied. Cool. She took the five hundo. Waited for them to leave, climbed up on top of that roof, got her money back, and or got her phone back, and then went to the police. That's gangster as fuck. What phone is two hundred dollars? None of them. 
Not yet, but not but one. that phone wasn't broke. This is what? This is where they messed up. I'm like, it's an it's a thousand dollar phone, and you gonna give me two hundred dollars, nigga? Fuck you. That's true. You only <laughs> nigga, you, 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 you get card, and all you got is two hundred bucks. Word. You spent ten thousand in the club. What we doing? <laughs> but James gave her another three hundred. It was a T-Mobile. It was a okay. razor. Nigga should have cash apped some cash, like. Die. I don't understand. Like, I'm not, I'm not of the mindset of grabbing somebody to make it is the best way to convince them to stop doing something. And also, I just want to point this out real quick, guys, fellas, uh, whomever may be listening to this. Thanks, we appreciate it. Um, punching a wall, hitting a door, slamming a door, stomping, yelling. Shaking fists, acting really aggressive, things of that nature, in order to intimidate somebody, it, it, it's abuse. I mean, Luke Cage is abusive as fuck. That's why Rosario left. Fuck that nigga. Oh my god, I love those comic books, but fuck that nigga. Oh my god. That section of that show made me so just... I had to stop watching it for a while. I felt the same way. Like this season, if it wasn't for the Jamaicans, I wouldn't even watch. Because everything about who he was becoming, I was just like, this is trash. Mm-hmm. And then that hit, that tired ass, you don't, you ain't never had to worry about somebody crossing the street because you, you don't know what it is to be a black. I'm like, this is Rosario Dawson. She done been holding niggas down for I don't know how many movies now. Shut your ass up and apologize. No, I want to punch a wall. No, it's good. She left you and her ass didn't come out back the whole rest of the season. Spoilers if you ain't watched it yet. But that shit pissed me <laughs> off. But yeah, it was oh my god, that pissed me off. I'm glad she left. If they had wrote her in to stay, I would have been disappointed that she didn't say I need a rewrite on this. Because, but here's the bad part. That was all really written and like that. So then at some point, him and Jessica Jones can get together. You think so? Oh, I know it. I read the comics. They have a baby. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to keep it. They're going to adhere to like the canon and everything. Because I don't feel like they're because I don't feel like they're making it out like Jessica is going to end up being with anybody. Was, they were fucking in her show. Right, but having sex doesn't mean that they're going to have a relationship. I feel like they're making Jessica Jones' character into a character who isn't going to... Well, she I mean, she was with the, the other dude, the Latino dude. True. So I just i just feel like they're... Like, like, while I know how it ends up in the... I understand that Luke and Jessica get together and they have a baby and all that different stuff in the comics. It just doesn't seem like that's the angle that they're going for as far as her character is concerned. Because it seems like if you try to make her out into a character who's going to end up becoming somebody's mom and end up becoming somebody's like wife, girlfriend, whatever, it's not even the same Jessica. You might as well just get rid of the show because it just doesn't seem like that's the angle. that. So it doesn't seem like that's the angle that they're going for. I feel that. And that's the uh, segment of the show where Shantae, like, 
breaks it down. <laughs> it happens every episode. I don't know if everybody else. Is <laughs> I'm just like, yep, yep. I feel that. There's really nothing else I can say except for I feel that. Um, so this story is uh, fucked up on multiple levels. Um, <clears throat> just hours after being arrested and released on bail uh, for allegedly assaulting his wife, a Utah man stole a plane. What the fuck? Oh, man. Hold on. Sorry. Just hours after being arrested and released on bail for allegedly assaulting his wife, a Utah man stole a plane and crashed it into his own home where his wife was staying, police said. The man, a 47-year-old Dwayne Yowd, who's a piece of shit, did not survive the crash on Monday, officials stated. Flames engulfed the house on Payson, in the city of Payson, after the crash and ensuing fire at 2.30 a.m. Yowd, who's a piece of shit, uh, his wife, as well as a boy, were inside of the house at the time of the crash. They were lucky they escaped and the plane did not hit any other buildings or power lines, police said. Yowd, who's a piece of shit, uh, has biological children who are not in the home at the time of the crash. Before stealing the plane, the piece of shit called his biological children who were staying in the home where he later crashed and told them to go stay at their mother's house that night, which they did, police said. Yowd, who was a piece of shit, was an experienced pilot who had access to the twin-engine Cessna 525 jet because he flew for the company who owned it, authorities said. He's a piece of shit, and he was the only one in the aircraft when it crashed and killed him. No one cried. Video taken by a neighbor showed flames coming out of the house and people watching from a distance. The neighbor said his mother heard the plane pass by twice before the crash. The crash was the third incident that that piece of shit had that required authorities within a 12-hour period. At 7.30 p.m. the night before, he had been arrested for assaulting his wife and was released on bail. Hours later, at 12.30 a.m., he called and asked the patrol officer to be present at his house to keep the peace as he picked up belongings in his truck. The crash, The plane crash took place two hours later. I mean, fucked up. I mean, it's, but it's like, it's basically what people say happens. Obviously, this is like a, a fantastical kind of event, but it's still basically a abusive man, you know, goes to jail behind his abusive nature and then attempts to kill his partner. You know, like this is this is the story. I just hmm? I wonder how he got bailed out like can't, like I guess I guess the question is how does bail work where he is as far as Utah is concerned because it's like okay I would think that someone has to bail you out versus you being able to bail yourself out but maybe that's not how it works maybe it's just like you get arrested and then you post some money and then you can just bounce I just but I just figured that it's you need another party to bail you out. 
I'm I'm not quite sure how it works in these uh, states that only got two cities in it. <laughs> um, but I feel like the cops knew this guy. Okay, see that's valid too. And so when he was like, "I need to go to my house to do this." They went with him and then was like, okay, it's all good. Where, no, you're releasing this person who just assaulted his wife. You shouldn't be releasing this person. They shouldn't bail out the first night. Is that how, I I, I, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know, but I feel like that's not how this should work. I feel mm-hmm. like you should be in jail until you get arraigned or, or taken to court or something. Like, isn't that, I I, I guess I just feel that way because that's the way it always works for black folks. Like, you jaywalk and they take you to jail and you stay in jail. And I guess it's because you they you could pay bail, you could afford the bail. But why yeah. are you bailing out people who are assault? Like you said, why? There should be no bail for people who assault people. Domestic so, violence should not have a bail. Because they're just so, going to go right back. I'm sorry. So I'm I I'm looking at this. I looked up what's the bail process in Utah, and supposedly it's already the way that you said, but it's not because this dude got out. Because like the first sentence of this thing that I'm reading, it says, "How does the bail process work in Utah?" It says in most cases, once somebody has been arrested, bail will be set. There are some cases involving domestic violence in nature, like domestic violence assaults. Bail is not going to be set until the person comes before the judge. So supposedly in the state where this dude lives, he should have had to see a judge before they would even set bail for him to go out. So I don't know how on a weekend he was able to just, you know, bounce. Which maybe it speaks to what Roshani was saying is that they knew this dude, you know, that they, you know, the system worked in a different way because this dude was attached to the system in a, you know, a different kind of way, not just a regular citizen, but a citizen that they know or are close to or whatever. So he might've, he might've posted his own bail and they just didn't even bother with it. And that's another thing. Cause then, cause, cause you, cause there's also the fucked up thing that can happen between men you know, because it's the assumption that it was probably a man who decided like, oh, you could post this bail and you can go. And it's a man that takes him back to his house thinking that it's OK. And it's this idea that, well, that that men might downplay this type of a situation, either on their own or being convinced by the abuser that it wasn't that bad. It wasn't a big deal. She's crazy. She's this whatever, that kind of thing. You know, and they're sympathetic to him. And then he's able to do what he wants to do when he got out, got that plane, and flew it into the house. I mean, I I wonder how his biological, like, seriously, like, how can you be so callous? First of all, you're, you're, you're assaulting your wife, so you're already a piece of shit. But then to separate, to put a line between her children and your children. To call your biological kid and say, go stay with your mom. Don't tell anybody. Just get out. In hopes of hurting her and her her child. 
he's just a horrible person all around. Horrible father, horrible husband, horrible person, horrible man. I hope that they impaled him with thumbtacks in hell. I hope they just put a thumbtack like on every part of his body and then just make him roll around. I think Stephanie's sleep. I'm not. <laughs> but I'm just st- waiting for the plane to fly in. <sighs> no more planes, Stephanie. The flight <laughs> is over. Um, the last thing I want to talk about was uh, a story that Teen Vogue put out uh, last week about the usage of black people as reaction uh, gifts. Mm. Like, it, it was an interesting thing that they brought up, like how white folks use uh, angry black women primarily but also, and that was in quotes, um, but also uh, funny people, funny, just black folks, black people dancing, black people doing whatever as their way of expressing something or or making a larger point. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that it said was, uh, if there's one thing that the internet thrives on, it's hyperbole and the overrepresentation of black people in gifts in everybody's day in everybody's daily crisis plays up enduring perceptions and stereotypes about black expression. And when non-black users flock to these images, they are play acting within those stereotypes in a manner reminiscent of an unsavory American tradition. Reaction gifts are mostly frivolous and fun. But when black people are the go-to choice for non-black users to act out their most hyperbolic emotions, do reaction gifts become digital blackface? Mm. That's hard. Because on the one hand, I understand it. You know, like I totally get it. And then on the other hand, I wonder, like... If you have somebody like like the like the I said what I said gif mm-hmm. of Nini, you know, if you are aware of who Nini is, you know, if you are aware that this is from Housewives of Atlanta and and all this different kind of stuff, like not just this is just some black woman saying I said what I said, you know. I guess it's like, is it possible that some of these people are using these gifts because they under because they know where they come from, you know, mm-hmm. like they're like they're just as aware of where it comes from, you know. If there's a you know, if it's a gift of you know Smokey and Craig, you know, going damn, they've seen that movie, you know, they relate to that as far as the reaction is, you know, on a human level. So it's kind of it's kind of weird, but then at the same time, <laughs> at the same time though, if it's somebody who maybe doesn't like fuck with that at all, like black anything, then it is kind of just like um like how, like you know there's all kinds of gifts that you could come up with like you could pick up shit from the office that's just as outlandish, mm-hmm. you know, and why aren't you using that, you know that that kind of thing? But I don't I don't know. 
I'm not all the way curled over one way or the other on it, I guess. It's it's interesting to me how the I, I you see gifts of white folks, mostly white kids doing stuff like the white girl who was sitting in the car seat uh making the face or mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. uh white boy who's taking a picture I guess with the fireworks behind him and he's doing the dance move where he ends up pointing at the sky mm-hmm. and the white boy who's almost like making the sly side eye face or whatever they get used sporadically like I see black folks using it more than I see white folks utilizing it utilizing them rather but like like the ones you were talking about the ones that are universal are the ones of black folks and it's usually the ones of black folks who are doing something that is less than uh, or something that they may not know about and, and you're absolutely right when it comes to like Nene and, and, and Kenya and the real housewives there's undoubtedly white folks who watch these shows but that one of the black kid who was uh, with the with the backwards hat, who's drinking the the out of the red solo cup, and then looks at the camera, the side eye face or the duck face or whatever he did, none of us saw that. So, is is do y'all feel like there's should be a level or a limit to who's able to use gifts of black folks? Uh, Stephanie, Gerald, y'all got any thoughts on it? I'm kind of like Shantae. I really don't... It doesn't bother me too much. I think it depends on who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if it's just... Because, one, I use a lot of... Because, of course, I use um, GIFs or GIFs. Don't come after me, y'all. Um, <laughs> uh, different people. And I definitely use the white guy that, like, you know, with the eye roll thing. Or some of like the little white girls or little white guys like making funny faces. I still use those, but I think it's also um, the intention of what I want to give for. But if I see somebody who is somewhat problematic mm-hmm. using gifts of black people, I'm going to look at you sideways. Mm-hmm. Like if Steve Bannon was out there using like gifts of Nene, I'd be like, what are you doing? I would I would have a big problem with that, especially somebody I know who dances on that I'm not racist butt line. <laughs> like I'm a I'm a have a problem with that, but I I, I don't know it, it's a it, it's it's very gray. It's not so black and white. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> Gerald, there are so many other things for me to be upset about. I feel like the use of a funny black person gif by anyone of any color for any reason does not rise to the level of my threshold of give a shittiness. That's how I feel. <laughs> what is with this? I do declare. What is going on with this? I thought he was, I thought he was about to have like a I have a dream speech. Or something. I know. Like, uh, I, oh, man. Sometimes you just have to take a few moments to get some perspective. White gifts are not as funny as black gifts. <laughs> like, keep hope alive, brother. 
keep up alive. Hey, just keep, keep on keep fighting up. out there in Flatlands, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know I said that was the last thing, but that's really the last thing. More than a year after uh, former NASCAR driver Greg Biffle. Biffle. <laughs> Biffle. Um... <clears throat> more than a year, <laughs> Biffle. More than a year after former NASCAR driver Greg Biffle's ex-wife and former mother-in-law filed a lawsuit against him, alleging that he ran secret cameras in their bedroom and master bathroom, a North Carolina jury found him guilty of invasion of privacy on Monday. The jury then ordered the Biffle pay them one dollar. Hmm. The Charlotte Observer reports that Nicole Biffle's lawyer, Amy Simpson, said Monday night that the jury awarded her $1 after finding Greg Biffle guilty of recording her in the bedroom and bathroom for two years and that the jury found to be, quote, an unlawful invasion of privacy. The trial went on for nearly two weeks uh, in which uh, the news reports that Greg Biffle denied on the stand doing anything inappropriate. And while Simpson told the news that the verdict proves that Greg Biffle was in the wrong, he told the station that the jury's ruling, quote, sends a loud message that they don't believe there was wrongdoing. Simpson told the Charlotte Observer that Nicole Biffle hopes punitive damages in the second phase of the trial will adequately reflect the true severity of his actions. One dollar. A moral victory, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to be, wanted it to be known that he did it. They sued for nine million, but then she settled for a dollar. They didn't settle. That's what the jury decided. That they oh, the jury does. Oh, the jury decided that they mm-hmm. only get a dollar. Wow. Then that's kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. That's super shitty. It's just like, yes, you did this shit, but it's only worth a dollar. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked up. They must have, man. That that must have been like some home team kind of shit, you know. Like they fuck with Greg Biffle. They know Greg Biffle did the shit, but we not gonna make Greg Biffle, you know, pay. Yeah, if you make Greg Biffle pay money, he gonna come after you with a Biffle ball pad. <laughs> <laughs> like the yeah, like that's like if somebody, <laughs> that's like if whoever whoever you know the pro, you know sports person is they end up in court in front of a jury and the jury's like yeah i'm not gonna you know i'm gonna ride for this person like yeah they kind of might have fucked up but nah they're not gonna be you know they're not gonna get the full extent of the law put on them he probably bribed them with some baklet bit bookies wow <laughs> Stephanie, go ahead and do your shout out Oh my goodness! Well, shout out to let's see, shout out to all of you here. Love you all. Shout out to the Rainbow. Yeah, she um was on my show last week and this week. Mm-hmm. So shout out to her. Um, man, shout out to Sleep. Uh, shout out to huh? Shout out to Amani Grady on Twitter. Same super random, but a girlfriend is going through it because of this whole Amy Siskin thing. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, she is a real one because she is making time for these fools and then not making time for others. And yeah, I stopped following Amy after that. Actually today, because I didn't realize I was still following her. I was like, oh, I gotta get her off my um 
follow list because I can't. You want to <laughs> give folks a uh, more idea, a better idea of what's going on with uh Okay. So Amy Siskin had said this thing, which was completely stupid. And you're just like, uh, okay. She said that we didn't have problems with white supremacists before Trump. And it's like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. We didn't have them walk marching through the streets before Trump. And I'm like, girl, go to history class in a high school. You could figure this out. So, um, it was her and it was Imani and somebody else who kind of questioned her, like, where are you getting this from? And Amy decided to say that black women were being mean to me mm. and named her. Mm-hmm. And then Amy's fans decided to run up in Imani's mentions. As if she didn't have receipts. Mm-hmm. So. The, uh, segment that I saw which trickled over to Facebook like you know it's mm-hmm. big when it trickled over to Facebook on the same day mm-hmm. um, was uh, Amy was riling up all her white friends to get mad about Imani and, and they were calling by the by the time I checked in they were calling Imani a Russian bot mm-hmm. and yeah. um, it was just it's always so interesting to uh, see white women and the power of white tears in action. Like, to see it happen is almost... I mean, it's a daily occurrence, but at the same time, it's still, like, how do y'all still fall for this? And it struck me that three people, three types of folks are always going to fall for white women tears. White women, black men, Mm -hmm. and black women who want to be down. Yep. Um, oh, this is oh, this is what it is. So apparently, Amy was like she's secretly a GOP member, and really was not. The way she makes it sound is that she's always been for the resistance ever since Trump has been in office, but she really was with the GOP before this. Mm-hmm. Um, she was campaigning. She was very much for Sarah Palin to mm-hmm. win. Um, she was not pro Obama, but if you look at her recent tweets, you wouldn't know that. So that's what they were kind of calling her to the carpet on. Like, okay, this is all in your background. Why are you acting like it doesn't exist? Yeah, and that she had she was on Steve Bannon's show a couple times and was bigging him up. Mm-hmm. And um, that she was saying she would vote for Sarah Palin over Barack Obama uh, in mm-hmm. 2012. Um. And then they were like, that's a different Amy Siskin. Like, how big of a coincidence is that? But a different Amy Siskin out in Florida. And I was like, okay. Um, but then one of her uh, one of her friends, who's also a friend of Imani's, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, hit up Amy like, yo, this fucked up. And you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And you owe Imani a, a, an apology. And, um... I guess Amy like deleted all of her, all of her uh, messages she had written to her, and then just kept pushing with the "what was me" shit. Mm-hmm. Because apparently this was the person who wrote the forward to Amy's book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, yeah, and she probably had no idea about that too. 
Yeah, and then she uh, closed off after uh, the woman wrote the statement saying that I'm very disappointed to see what you're doing to Imani and Diane. Diane was also putting out receipts on Twitter. Um, Amy pretty much just ignored everything that she said to her. And the last thing that I saw in the uh, post that was showing this was Amy saying, quote, tomorrow I start again. (laughs) And I said that is literally the defining phase of white women tears and dishonesty. Tomorrow Mm -hmm. I start again. And then people started posting up (laughs) gifts and memes of white (laughs) women saying tomorrow is another day. Mm-hmm. Scar- Scarlet O'Hara, motherfucker. And Annie saying the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's true. Like, white women are always like, what can I do tomorrow? Oh, I got to forget this all happened. I got to push this out of my mind that I got Emmett Till killed. I got to push that out of my mm. mind. Tomorrow's another day. It just continues. But yeah, um, it it sucks that this is happening. And it sucks to see a group of people uh, getting fired up over something they know nothing about. Uh, So shout out to Imani. She's showing a lot more grace than I would have. Gerald, shout outs? You know, as always, I'd like to give my shout outs to the illustrious Bury Me in Red Lipstick, Shante Fabulous. And her co-host Rashani. Oh, he aight. As well, the queen of Mocha Minutes, Miss Stephanie Williams. And and then I want to give my shout outs to me, y'all. Me. Shout outs to me. Because over the last month, I have completely rebranded my show. I was up till like four o'clock in the morning every day for four weeks, and I'm ridiculously proud of what I've done with by black podcast now rebranded the voice of black business and since i did that the world has been opening up and i'm so proud of my audience i'm so proud of my listeners i'm so proud of the folks who have been on the show and um actually as it stands right now uh downloads are at 19,984 so probably by the time we wake up tomorrow morning we're going to bump over that 20,000 mark and it is it has been a a labor of pain and hatred for myself and the platform itself for a lot of times this year because i just felt like i didn't know what the hell i was doing and then at some point last month all of it just kind of came together i knew exactly what i had how i needed to brand it and i put in the work i changed my website and immediately when i rebranded this it's like a floodgate of uh recognition and po- folks want to come and work together and do joint ventures and there's a lot of stuff i'll be doing over the next six months and it's all because of the rebranding of this show so shout out to me for putting in that work and shout out to my, the folks who follow the show and and who will check out by black podcast now because they can actually find it so by com. you can find everything that i have there uh, I, I normally don't like to big up myself, but I'm giving it to me right now because I did some kick-ass stuff over the last month, and it is just going to make this platform way more valuable for all the people connected with it. So thank you guys for 
um, continuing to support me in that. And then also for just being able to step away from the serious world and come over here and hang out with y'all and do some fun stuff every once in a while too. I'm just, I, I love everything about being a part of y'all's crew and getting the guest on single simulcast. Thank you. We love having you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sh- Shantae. Uh, well, f- congrats to, to Gerald on 19,000. That's dope. And, uh, yeah, just, I love being on this show. I love interacting with the people that I've been able to interact with, like Gerald, like Stephanie, you know, chopping it up with, with Jeremy and Bianca and, you know, getting to be on with, with Marsha's plate and just so many people. You know, so shout out to them. You know, I wouldn't be able to talk to y'all the way that I'm able to talk to y'all, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on the show, whether it's on Twitter, if I wasn't on this show. So I'm grateful and I appreciate y'all. So shout out to y'all. Gangster. They just posted up another one of uh, Jeremy's old post from 2011, and this shit has gone far enough. Oh, that poor guy. Like, no, no, no. Shout out to Jeremy. Real talk. That's my pots and pans, hundred grand. That's my man. Um, and shout out to anybody else who has made some fucked up decisions and has grown. All I want is to know that you've grown. Like, if you're still saying that same shit in 2018, the fuck out of my face. But change is good. Growth is good. Mistakes are what help you grow. Um... I do want to say thank you and send a huge shout out to Sherelle and Ricky, soon to be Sherelle and Ricky Hines uh, from the AUA.org and from Storytellers, my nigga LSPN. Um, They have just become our latest patrons um, and their t-shirts are in the mail. Uh, Hammy Sammy's for everybody. So... um, That'll really help out as far as uh, look um, in July my beloved wife Nisha uh, found out that she has a degenerative disc in her back uh, that over the course of the following two days after she found out about it uh, had rendered her numb on the left side of her body, uh, from hip to toe. Um, and it's been really interesting at the house, uh, because she, uh, has always loved just working and just being out and being active. And she's been pretty much bedridden and house ridden for the past month and a half and um so uh her complete income has uh turned into an SDI check of $600 uh for the entire month which has kind of changed the way that we look at our finances uh when the mortgage out here is thirteen twenty five per month. Uh, 
uh, kind of changes things. So I don't usually know how to ask for help. I don't like doing it. But I'm really, really grateful to Sherelle and, and, and Ricky for helping us out because the money that they are, uh, that our patrons are putting out that Sherazar and, and Miss Angela and, 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 um, Miss Francine and, and Bobby and <sighs> Corbin and, oh, Tally and, the money that they're putting out is really what's keeping single simulcasts, the dream team and storytellers on hosts right now. I don't have the money for it. I don't, I don't have the money for anything. Um, and it's hard. It's hard. And, and I just want to say that that in the snap of a finger, everything can change for you. And um, so if I've been short with anybody, I apologize. If I've been a bit more emotional or a bit more stressed out, I apologize. I'm not even saying that this is an excuse. It's not. I, I've just been a really shitty person over the past month, and I'm so sorry. I can't sleep. Even if I go to bed at 9 p.m., I'm up at 1 a.m. And I can't go back to sleep. And it's hard. I don't even know how we're going to maintain in a couple months when coaching starts back up because we need that money but I don't want to leave her because if something happens there's nobody else who can drive uh, also uh, last week our eldest daughter was driving uh, Nisha and, and, and Gogo and Kit and, and Triple uh to get bus passes for triple and, and go-go for school. And, uh, they slowed down for a yellow light and stopped for a yellow light. Cause she's a new driver. She just got her permit. And the guy behind them, I guess was trying to make it through the light. And I guess didn't even see their car at all. Go figure. And sped up and wrecked our other car to the point where our insurance deemed it a total loss. So it's been a really, really interesting two months. And um, I'm not saying any of this. Uh, I don't I don't know why I'm saying this. I'm not saying it for empathy. I'm not saying it for sympathy. I'm just saying it because I need to get this out somewhere. It can all change for you, both good and bad. Let's be honest. Good things can happen to you at the drop of a dime. And please be grateful and know that we're celebrating with you. But things like this can happen. And you wonder how somebody can go from happy to just despondent so quick. How things can change so quick. Sometimes it takes something as big as this. Sometimes it's something just small.
I don't know. Thank you to Rick. Thank you to Sherelle. What I'm trying to do now is I'm actually trying to uh, be more aware of how I present people like couples because I've always presented them as male and then the lady. You know, this is so-and-so-and-so-and-so. Mr. and Mrs. And now I've really been trying to go Mrs. and Mr. People get mad. Um, but I'm trying. But yes, thank you to everybody who's been helping us out. Thank you to everybody who's uh, checking out the show, sharing the show. Thank you to uh, you, Stephanie, and you, Gerald, for joining us. We love y'all. Thank you to Jeremy and Bianca um, and Candice. Thank you to Diamond and Z and Mia. Um, we appreciate y'all. Everybody who shares the show, we appreciate you. Tell your friends about it. We appreciate you. Yeah. Um, this single simulcast episode 312 y'all be good we're out peace this is single simulcast